two, and one. Welcome back to the PO3 podcast. My name is Marcus Marks. What's up? John here. Man, you got to work on that. I was playing. Hey, That's the- all right, man. I don't got a cool name like you do, bro. We already established this in the other one. <laughs> I know. I was editing it, and he's off. I'm uh, John. <laughs> so uh, let me be the first to address this issue. And uh, I noticed this when I was editing the podcast. And you, pr- you said you didn't notice, but uh, I cut you off a lot. It's, it's it's an engaging conversation, so we, we can't expect, you know, there to always be a, a cut and a start, you know? I don't mean to do it, bro. And I, that's why I, I told you and I had to warn you. I was like, hey, uh, if you notice that I'm cutting you off, please tell me and tell me to shut the fuck up. Because well, I, go. <laughs> I, I just did it right now. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, but that's my point. Like, uh, it, I didn't notice it. To me, it wasn't an issue. It was just you trying to get a thought out while you had it, you know, because… I mean, sometimes these thoughts can go on and on and on and on and on. And the point that you were going to make, you know, flees your mind. And then it's, okay, now I'm done. And now you're just sitting there like, uh, what the hell was I going to say? So, I don't know. I guess maybe you can subconsciously work on it. But rest assured, it didn't affect me. Uh, it, here's the thing. I could write it down. But that's going to throw me off even more. Because then I'm going to start doing a self-portrait or some shit. Like, my mind is just going to go… Like 10 other different avenues and shit. And forget about the one thing that I was supposed to write down. And that's the thing with ADD. I have it pretty bad. And I've had it since I was a kid. Uh, I got diagnosed in fourth grade. And instead of doing my work, uh, what I would do to, you know, fill my time and pass the time was see how many laps I could do around the classroom without the teacher noticing. (laughs) So, like, I would just… Wait, like physically? (laughs) Yeah, I would get up and be like, all right, well, there's one. And then, you know, the the lines with the line through it and… Yeah, I would just, on my desk, you know, just how many of these can I get before the teacher notices? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that's the shit I was doing. And it was because I was just like, I couldn't sit still. And when he's talking, I feel the same way. I'm just like, I want to jump in. But I got to, I'm trying to work on that. Because I don't want to lose my train of thought. So I feel like I got to get it off right there. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was saying, you know. Like, you don't want the, what you were going to say in response to flee your mind, you know. So I get it. But to me, it wasn't an issue. So… Okay, well, I, I, I'm glad it didn't affect you. But as I was editing this shit, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I'm cutting him a lot, off a lot. I'm surprised you didn't sock me in the head. Uh, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> that's what I, that's what I uh, meant about pressured speech. When, because, um, you know, as one of the side effects or symptoms of bipolar disorder is pressured speech, which I never knew that I had. And uh, my girl, my fiance confirmed that for me. Because uh, I brought it up. I was like, hey, uh, she was asking me, like, as far as symptoms go, do you have this, this, and this? And I was like, yeah. Uh, and then I remember telling her, I was like, the only one I told her I didn't have was pressured speech. And she's like, well, what is that? And I get, and I explained it to her that pressured speech is basically where I'm talking to you and it feels like I'm just going on and on and on. And I don't give you a chance to jump in. And then I'm just, I, it keeps going and going and going. So to the point where you feel pressured, you know, and this is, happened on numerous occasions with her and with a lot of other people. But people often don't want to cut you off because they don't want to be rude. Right? So that, that's a, uh, when you're in a manic phase or when you're, when you're hypomanic and hypomania, uh, that's one of the symptoms. And I often… I didn't even notice it myself. But apparently I do that a lot. So, so the, the pressured speech is the other person feels pressure? Yeah, the like, other… Like, okay, okay. I was thinking maybe it was, you know, the, the, in this case, you that felt the pressure… Well, that that would be racing thoughts. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so just imagine two chicks from the nightclub on the, the track about to do a 100-meter dash. You know, two thoughts racing. So Okay, okay. Oh, it makes sense. That's probably why you didn't think that you had it. <laughs> do you even understand what I just did there? No. Racing thoughts? Oh, my God. Put them… <laughs> yeah, that… <laughs> just picture two… I'm gonna… Hey, idea, just… <laughs> I know, I was like, wait, is he gonna laugh? No, I didn't. I was like, I'm fucking bombing See, right I, now, dude. <laughs> I was thinking T-H-O-U-G-H-T. <laughs> I was thinking T-H-O-T-S. Uh, well, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that, you know… it's been I'll be here all night. <laughs> I already did that. But anyway, yeah, so like… I can do it again. That would be <laughs> that would be racing thoughts and shit. So like when ideas just keep pouring in and stuff and like one after the other after the other and it feels like I can't keep up with it. That would be racing thoughts, but pressured speech is on the other end where the other the individual you're engaging conversation with feels like they can't get out of it. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So I didn't notice it before, but I've had people tell me this where I was just to put it in perspective like I remember doing construction and I'd be doing something and um, they weren't too familiar with me at the time because I had just gotten, you know, uh, hired onto the crew. And uh, the dudes were real cool. And I remember like a few weeks into it, one guy was just like tripping out of me. And his name was Ray. Hella cool dude, man. And uh, he would always trip out of me because I would always have Red Bulls. And I'd always be like, uh, like highly caffeinated. And um, I think one day I was just like hypomanic, bro. And I, this adds to it. It kind of, sometimes it will send me overboard. Uh, which I like though. So I kind of chase that. Especially when I'm feeling good. Because it pulls me out of my depression. But I remember him explaining to me like… Yo. What the fuck are you doing? It looks like you're doing a lot. But you ain't doing shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like… Bro. He was just like… Over here. Over there. Over here. Over there. Over here. Over, like a squirrel. You know? And in my head… I'm just like… I'm getting shit done. You know? But not realizing that I look like a fucking… You know? Rabbit. Or a fucking squirrel. Bouncing up off the walls and shit. You know? I had no idea. <laughs> And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is shit I don't notice. And it's oftentimes, that's why it's hard for me to understand what the fuck's going on with me. Because I don't know. I'm just used to being this way, you know. Um, until somebody points it out. But rarely they will. So, they just think I'm weird or something. Well, that or just not trying to be rude, you know. So, but I mean, that guy, you say his name was Ray? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you ain't doing shit. Like, that's… No, no, no. You got to hear it in context. Like, no, it was, I know, I know, I know. But still, it's like… You, you could have told him a hundred other ways, dog. <laughs> no, nah, I'm glad. He just can't be doing nothing. He got to be doing… Ain't doing shit. Nah, that shit was <laughs> funny, bro. Like, he was one of the most hilarious people I've ever met. Like, at a job site. That fool would just crack everybody up, man. Like, oh my god. People like that often make work a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Take I'm, you out of, like, the monotonous… Every, you know, alright, here we are again. Cutting wood or… Jamming nails into wood. And some little joke here and there will just… Yeah, it's not that bad. Bro, this is why I miss construction, though. I mean, that that was one of the, the reasons that uh, I stayed as long as I did. Because I was on a crew with a, a good group of guys who didn't uh, make me feel a certain way. I felt like I vibed with everybody. And um, it didn't even feel like work a lot of the times. I mean, yeah, it's hard labor and shit. And you're digging holes sometimes. And you're jackhammering for eight hours or whatever, you know. You're getting beat up by the elements. Um, but there's like a, a commodity that kind of goes on there. Which I'm sure you can relate to a lot. Being in the field that you're in. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's like the relationship you build with these people. It's like, it's like a, obviously a friendship that's established, but more. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, and, you know, in my particular profession, 
it's like a brotherhood or sisterhood is you know formed and and again it just makes going to work and doing the everyday you know grind much more appealing you know it's like okay like it's like ah we're here we're working yeah 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 but yo I got Mark on my side today so it's gonna be a good day you know even if it's a crappy day it'll still be a good day type of type of thing you know yeah so I mean for you guys more more so because uh. You're playing, you're kind of gambling with your lives a little bit just because you don't know what's going to come of the day in that type of environment. You know what I mean? So there's more of a commodity. Like you hear about this type of thing and like when soldiers go to war and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, there's just, uh, they, they come out and they, they, they never, like that brotherhood that they formed or, you know, with, or relationship with whoever they're going to war with never leaves them. It's a constant thing that remains with them their whole lives because they struggled together. They had a fear bond, like legit with this person. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, there's, I can think of a couple uh, instances at my previous, you know, employer uh, working in the jail. And things hit the fan, you know, rather quickly. And then when you see that you have like, you know, one of your boys in your corner, it's like, all right, whatever comes to this, you know, we're going to be in it together, you know, win, lose, or draw. And so I almost feel bad trying to compare that to soldiers, you know, because they're out there, you know, you got, mortars and grenades and like people really really trying to cause you harm or death but it's in some capacity similar you know and uh it's 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 nothing like i've ever experienced which is why i think i liked it and or i like it so much you know just having that like all right man we're gonna ride into the pits of hell and we'll see you on the other side you know and if you get stuck behind then i'm gonna be there with you trying to get you out where we're staying together you know so it's a, it's an interesting little dynamic, but it's uh, very very appealing, you know, and and you forge some really great friendships, you know, in going through these types of things. Has your tolerance level for like um, certain situations gone up? Like you're not so quick to panic in a certain situation now because you've kind of um, you've kind of built up a tolerance to it. Some, uh, you always got to you know have in the back of your mind that things can go horribly wrong you know, faster than you can even blink an eye. Uh, I would say my tolerance for uh, shit talking has definitely gone up. You know, because that's one of the ways that... Uh, like, what know, kind of shit talking, though? There's very... Like, I'm types. talking like they're attacking your character. You know, just like, you ain't shit. You know, without that badge, you're, you know, nothing, blah, blah, blah. And you just honestly just let it learn. Like, they're just words. And they're trying to get a certain reaction out of you, you know? And so, it's just kind of like, uh, all right, that's it. That's all you got. You know what I'm saying? So, it's that part I've really embraced. But there also is some negative um, side effects that come with working in that type of environment. So, one of the things that I noticed, um, and I'm sure uh, any psychologist or psychiatrist have a field day with this, but I noticed that like, at parties, like when I would uh, get off work and i go hang out with the guys, I would be withdrawn. Like, I was more comfortable. Like, everyone was in a group talking, you know, and I would just be comfortable out in the back, watching everything, hearing all the conversations take place. That's my whole life. So that's what it's like for you every day. So then I guess we can kind of relate in that, but it was more comfortable because where I would spend most of my, you know, time working five days a week was you don't want to be in the middle of all these people, you know? Granted, they're not all... You know, I think, like, movies or documentaries, you know, highlight, like, working in uh, correctional facilities as, like, this rural, uh, they're going to get you the moment they can. 
as long as you conduct yourself in a respectable manner, you know, you usually don't have too many, you know, problems. I was going to say, bro, like, I think it really depends on how you carry yourself. As it doesn't matter what, if you're wearing a badge or not, as an individual, if you're walking around with your chest out, talking shit and acting like, or abusing your authority or just abusing your freedom of speech, you know, um, and you're acting like an asshole, it's only natural that eventually somebody's going to call you out on it and fuck your shit up for that. Yeah, you know, and then, but having, you know, a metal little badge pinned to your chest amplifies that, you know, because they, it's like, okay, you're only doing this because of that. And that's like your, your shield, you know, that's what's protecting you from us is because you feel that you have like immunity from the things that you can do or the things you can say. And so I was, I mean, I'm not that type of person by nature. And so I think that played really well, you know, for me being there for four years and doing that. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 but arrogance, you know, and then having that like, wearing a uniform, you, you see it a lot too from people. And those are the guys that typically have a lot of issues, you know, just because they're, it's my way or no way, you know, and that's typically how it goes, but you don't have to operate like that every single minute of every single day. I think there's a time and place for it. Oh yeah. I mean, hundred and hundred and eighty million percent, you know? I mean, just with, like, everything in life, time and a place, you know, especially with that, you know, there's times where you have to be like, hey, no, you, this is going to be a definite no, or I need you to do this, and if you don't want to, it's either you do it or we help you do it. And it's usually better for everybody involved if you just do it, you know, on your own, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like those are, like, the individuals that often struggle, like, the alpha males or the ones that think they're an alpha male, at least. Because from my uh, experience, usually all the alpha males that I've ever been around don't necessarily have to voice that they're an alpha male it just kind of is and they have the charisma and you know they know they're they're not like overdoing it and uh you know uh putting up a false bravado it's just this is who that person is and i feel like the ones that want to be an alpha male are like often the betas you know the the, the wannabes so to say so overexerting themselves yeah yeah like overcompensating their personality to like try and prove a point and um i've always looked at those people like um, well, I mean, somebody, somebody's probably going to call out your shit. You know what I mean? I, I always, like, uh, revert back to, like, you ever hear people that kind of talk about, like, how smart they are and shit? <clears throat> or have you ever heard someone say, like, oh, yeah, bro, like, I'm smart and this and that. Like, I feel like smart people don't have to say that they're smart. Like, <laughs> truly smart people, you'll never hear them say, oh, I'm smart. I'm a smart individual. It's just, like, they already know that. They don't got to go and say it. You know what I mean? And Usually other like- people are telling them. Yeah, and it, it it's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's already been established the moment they walk into a room. You know, just the way that they carry themselves and the things that they say. Like, you don't have to give them, like, a business card saying, here's my name and I'm smart, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, there's people like that. And and there's people that are the other way around, you know, that just, they're, they're seeking that attention, you know? Like, MMA fighters, right? Like, they're never going to be... A- at least most of them, I hope, they're probably not bullies because they know they could fuck you up. The last thing they're going to do is talk, like, be the first one to talk shit and try and pick on somebody because they know what they're capable of already. I feel like those people that are uh, deeply insecure and aren't sure about themselves and haven't tested themselves in any capacity are the ones who are quicker to be bullies because they, they so often have something to prove to themselves. So they're always trying to walk around with their chest out and shit, you know what I mean? And those are the people that fucking struggle. You know, I think if you just know your place and going back to 
this kind of applies to everything. Just be humble. I think you'll be all right, man. You do okay. Yeah. You know, humility is often overlooked by a lot of people. And it's an extremely, you know, uh, versatile tool, you know, that orients you better for, you know, being around people. So, what humbled you the most in life? Like, what do you, like, what impacted your life the most that kind of helped you remain humble? Because have you always been a humble person? I would say yes. And, may, and you know, those of you that are watching that know me, they're like, oh, no, there's definitely a time where you're not. But I would say I got that from my grandma, you know. And so she was always kind of like, uh, don't ever be one to talk about, like, future plans and what you want to do. Just get it done. And then we'll show people what you were, what you, what, what you accomplished. You don't have to sit there and, oh, you know. And I'm guilty of it, too, still. But. Like, hey, whatever, like, hey, I want to go buy a house. Don't tell people you're buying a house. Just buy the house, you know. Uh, you want to get a new vehicle. Don't tell people you're going to get a new vehicle. Just get the new vehicle. And so, I mean, I guess I share those types of stories with people that are close to me. It's not like I'm walking around talking to complete strangers. Like, hey, I'm trying to buy a house, you know, in the next couple, you know. Like, it's just people that are that are close to me. You know, like, hey, how you been? What's new? You know, and they just all go through my thoughts and stuff. But I would say my grandma was definitely a big... Uh, person that contributed to that you know i guess that sense of humility that a voice is trying to kept and then i don't want to be arrogant you know and people mistake me trying to have an honest conversation as being arrogant and so and you see it all the time dude like especially with mma you see these fighters and the reason i like gsp so much was he was humble i love gsp he would talk his trash at the end of the fight but it wasn't really trash talking to be like hey you know what like mark was a great competitor but i outdid him in this x y and z because i trained specifically for x y and z but you know and then he'll give you your credit like you were a formidable opponent blah 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 blah, blah. i don't like the like anderson silva's before he got knocked out just like in the ra- in the ring dancing around putting his hands down like to me i was just like dude that's not what the sport represents mm-hmm. you know and so i would often hope that he would lose, you know, or people like that. I don't like arrogant people. He was polarizing, though. That's what made him a superstar. And and that became a thing. A lot of fighters since then have continued to do that. I just don't care for it. Like, I understand you're trying to sell a fight, and it's, you know, the the more the fight sells, the more money they make. But I think if you're just a a badass dude at what you do, that's going to be enough to get you the people to view. You know, you don't have to sit there and talk trash on him and his family and all this, you know, or the country he's from. Well, GSP was polarizing in that way as well, just on the opposite end of it, the other side of the token. Uh, people were drawn to the fact that he was such a fucking killer, but also he's humble. You know, he had he had no fakeness about him. You know, he had no nothing. There was nothing about him that was a bully. You know, and I think people were just drawn to that. I, I started laughing right now though, because when you said that, like you don't go around telling strangers like, "Hey, I'm doing this and that," but like on so many occasions, I've like often ran into those people. Like, you ever get those people that are, like, so quick to tell you it's their birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that shit, bro. Yeah. You know, oh so it's, God. like, something like that, you know? I, I I won't tell nobody it's my fucking birthday, but then you'll get people that's their birthdays and shit. No disrespect, but I just think it's corny. Like, they're posting on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and they're just, like, trying to let the world know, like, it's my fucking birthday today. Like, it was the day I was born, you know? And then, it, like, because really, I don't think anyone gives a fuck. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Other than, like, your your family and your mother and… You might disagree with me on this, but uh, here's my perspective on birthdays. I feel like it, my mom should celebrate. I wasn't the one who fucking ripped myself, like, <laughs> trying to push a baby out, bro. She's the one who gave birth. I'm just yeah. here. Like, I didn't yeah. do anything. 
That's I, an interesting way of putting it. I'm, I'm gonna give my mom like that. I'm gonna give my mom a gift on my birthday, bro. It's like, hey, you put me here. Like I didn't do anything. And then my dad, whatever, you know, yeah. we don't. We're dogs. <laughs> I'm just digging myself all. That's, that's, that's an interesting way of putting it. I mean, I can understand the the rationality behind what you're saying. It's just, I don't know. I guess it's just a. I would say the common perception of birthdays is like, hey, I made it another year. <laughs> you know, celebrate that. But, but that's not what people think. Just how Christmas, like everyone thinks, it's about the gifts and stuff. Like when really it's just about. Well, I don't really know what it's about other than like Jesus Christ. But like it should be about family and stuff. But people get so caught up in the gifts and the aesthetics of it. And uh, they forget about, like, the true meaning of it. And it's cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was his, his birthday. It was Christmas. Did I go too deep? I'm not looking too deep into this birthday thing. Because I, like, I have a whole list of, like, people in my room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Like, on Happy Gilmore. Or no, what was it? Uh, um, fucking, yeah, it was, oh, no, Billy Madison. The crazy dude with the sniper. Oh, like, yeah. Like, he fucking, <laughs> he, he, uh, he erases Billy Madison's name and shit because he made up with him. <laughs> all right. So, hey, thanks for the candy. Oh, I, <laughs> What were we talking about when There's I… There's uh, a video I sent you of the guy oh, that was… Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, guy at the school, the school shooter guy rapping. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's all… What did he say? He's all… I le- there was a… I spared a few because we was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spared a few because we was cool. <laughs> but the only thing that popped in my head when you sent me that was the, the uh, Dane Cook Dane bit. Cook. When, the candy. Yeah, he's all, you gotta be nice to the serial killer and shit. And I was like, bro, that's fucking true. Ever since that video, which was what we were in Same here. high school, yeah, I always like okay, I gotta find the crazy dude in here, and I gotta become his best be friend. friend. So him. when he when he finally pops his lid, or I'll be the one that's like, all right, you were cool to me. Yo, how about the guy's name in Dan, Dan Cook's bit was Marcus? Oh god, the crazy guy. I was like, <laughs> really? Like- <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I want to go back to something we we uh, talked about a little while ago. Um, right. When I said I was like, um, I grew comfortable be, being outside the group. And the, at parties oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you said that's what your everyday, you know, life, you know, is like. What of the conditions that you have is that associated with? Um, I think that's just social anxiety. Um, for me, I don't do well in large crowds, so I often, I've said this so many times, but I'm often in deep seclusion, bro. Like I just, I like and operate at the most optimum level when I'm by myself. You know, often I, I don't like to. That's another reason why I would just take off from parties and shit. I start getting overwhelmed and stuff, you know. And it, it, it starts it starts um, getting me very, very paranoid. And I'm talking about in the states where I'm uh, sometimes hypomania, but more or less when I'm feeling depressed, you know. Because that's when my mind will start playing tricks on me. Like, I won't… When I'm, when I'm feeling that way, dude, I don't even like to go to the grocery store. Like, I'll put it off because… Like, I'll put my hood on and shit, and I'll walk around, and I'll just keep to myself, and I don't want to look anywhere because I feel like if somebody just looks at me the wrong way, I'm going to take it personal because I'm getting paranoid and stuff, and I'm going to want to start a fight. And this has happened to me on so many occasions, bro, where I got into shit with people because of the way I was feeling and thinking and just not recognizing that those were symptoms of, you know, a disorder and stuff. But for me, it's just the social anxiety and the paranoia that comes with you know, depression. Because there's a thing called um, uh, de- psychotic depression. And I, I uh, deal with that as a, as a symptom of bipolar. Uh, it just depends on the severity of your depression. So the social anxiety is associated with bipolarism or depression? Or is it, is um, they, it kind they of… They overlap. Oh, they okay. overlap. So that, they would call that comorbid conditions. Meaning that you have more than one thing wrong with you. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So, so um, 
I wonder if it's possible, you know, for people being in the, you know, the profession that I'm in, that they can develop these sorts of, uh, you know, uh, mental health issues without otherwise having them before. You know, because it's not like I get anxiety being around large groups of people. It was just like, you know, with me being at work, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, it was just like being in, in the middle of the group wasn't good. You know, because I was around any, anywhere from like 80 to 120 some inmates. So if you're in that, be on the outside, you know. That way you're not in the middle of things when it should have hit the fan. And and so it was just kind of, for me, I was I was having a lot of difficulty turning that switch off. Like it was like, okay, when I'm at work, flip the switch on. Now that I'm outside of work, turn the switch off and I can go back to being a normal person. And so I wonder if there's some sort of like if you can develop these kinds of things, you know, just from being in because i know like you can get like ptsd and stuff like that from being in these types of situations i was gonna say uh i think if anything yeah i think it's maybe you're developed because you can develop anxiety from that especially being in such a uh, a high-risk environment like that um i think for sure you can develop an anxiety disorder if you were prone to it already uh maybe it was dormant in your in your brain somewhere i mean i think uh everyone has anxiety to a certain extent in general, but more, some people are more susceptible to those adrenal glands and, you know, um, some people get it worse than others and stuff. But I think also, um, possibly, maybe it's a form of PTSD as well. And, it, and maybe not a severe case, a very, very mild case in some cases, but nonetheless, the symptoms are still there. And I don't know, I'm not a clinician or anything like that. This would just be my, my guess as far, as far as to like, okay, you just got to look at the pieces like, it's your environment, you know, it's a very high-risk environment, and uh, I kind of tie it back to, like, um, just just anything in general, you know. Uh, anybody that would grow up in the ghetto or in the projects or something in a very rough environment, they often have trouble um, uh, with, with PTSD and anxiety and stuff like that because their surroundings were so rough, you know. And I, I feel like it's no different for adults. It's just our capacity to deal with that type of thing is a lot higher than when you're younger, but at the same time, like I said, who knows what type of individuals are more susceptible than others and stuff. And I think you being a, a pretty strong-willed individual, I don't think it would uh, affect you uh, so greatly. But I'm just speaking on a third-person point of view. I don't know how you feel about yourself. You know, like, I, I've I've tried to rectify that, you know, because I noticed it. Um, I want to say some— I, th- I th- want to say it was Aaron— but he was like, dude, like, come hang out with everyone. Like, no, I'm cool, dude. I'm cool. You know, and I kind of started thinking about it, like, what am I doing? Why am I in the back of everybody? You know, why am I comfortable just kind of hearing multiple different conversations take place, and then I'll chime into all of them? I think know? I know why. Because you ha- you're so used to having—and i sorry to cut you off, but let me just get this off real quick. I think you're so used to having your head on a swivel— that you've kind of just dialed into that and it's hard for you to turn it off at the end of the day. So you're you're constantly in a mode where you're like, okay, I got to keep my eyes peeled. You know, I got to be listening to that. I got to be listening to this. And that's exactly how I get. My fiance on numerous occasions would be eating and shit. She's like, babe, what's wrong with you? Like you're looking all over the place and it's just like, I I have to have my head on a swivel. I don't know why. Yeah, you know. Uh, Hyper aware. That's, and that's a very, I, I mean, I don't want to say struggle with it because I don't see it as a as a bad thing but it's it is definitely something I deal with because I mean I'll go out we'll go out to eat and with my girlfriend and she'll be like hey you can have this chair because I know it's view in the door or you know things like that I'm always will be 
in a crowded area like we were in Monterey at the uh, Fisherman's Wharf. And I'm sitting there scoping everybody out. And then I see tattoos and I start looking for gang, you know, stuff to see. And she's like, why do you do that? I was like, I just want to know who's around me, you know. And they might be there with their family having the time of their life. But for me, it's just like, okay, there's here's a, a possible person. If things were to go wrong, it could be centered around this person. You know, that that's probably wrong. Uh, but it's hard for me not to do that. You know, I was at a, at a gas station a couple of days ago, oh, probably about a week or two ago. and this guy walks in and, you know, tatted on the head, bald, shaved head. So I start looking at his tats and he sees me and I'm in my, you know, I'm not in full uniform, but I'm in my pants that are green. And uh, he locks eyes with me. Well, I see him looking at me. I had my sunglasses on still, so we didn't, I guess, technically lock eyes. But he comes behind me and I'm just kind of looking at the corner of my eye. You know, like, what's this, you know, what's this dude about? Because he's, like, staring at me. And then he asked me, like, hey, where do you work? With, a, like, with a smirk on his face, like, ah, you're, you're the, you know, you're, you're one of them, you know. And uh, I answered his question, and we, we ended up having a little bit of a talk. But uh, good stuff or bad. like that, you know, it was good. It was, I mean, it was. It wasn't, like, trying to play mind games with you? No, 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 no. Because um, you get that sometimes, too. No, it was, it was, it wasn't that. I think he was just kind of like, hey, what's this, you know, where's this guy work, you know. Because. And so, just based off his mannerisms and stuff that he was asking, I feel like he did time. You know, I couldn't get a good look at his tattoos and see if he had any sort of gang stuff, but it's it's hard for me to turn that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff off, you know, out even outside of work, you know. And um, that's one of the, the things they always talk about in law enforcement is, like, leaving your, your boots at the door, you know, just, like, don't yeah. bring it home because it does, you know, like, uh, for instance, I always heard my mom talking about it with my stepdad. Like, hey, I'm not someone at work. Don't talk to me like that, you know? And I was like, huh, well, what does that mean? Well, after I started dating my girlfriend, you know, there was times where I have a tone that I'm not aware of, you know, and, it, and it's coming down rule. It's not suggestive. It's very direct. Like, get it done, you know? And I'm not even aware that I'm doing that until it's brought to my attention. Like, and I'm so asking you, not telling you type of thing. No, like, oh, I'm, I'm telling, telling you, you not, not asking you. you. Sorry, yeah, exactly. I reversed yeah, that. Yeah, 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 just like that. My dad used to tell me that all the time, bro. He's all, I'm not asking you. I'm fucking telling you. <laughs> like, all right. You know, so, uh, but again, I wasn't saying those words directly. It's just the, the tone that I was speaking in suggested that's what I was referring to, you know. And so, uh, I have to be very conscious of how I say things, you know. And um, so, it's a, it's a little bit of little bit of work sometimes. And I, I just haven't been able to to master just to be able to flip that switch, okay? I'm at work, turn it on, and then I'm out of work, turn it off. You know? I, th I think um, a lot of people who are in law enforcement or any type of, any profession really that involves high levels of communication and having to, quote-unquote, leave your boots at the door type of profession, I really think, uh, and this should be, this should be more prominent amongst people like that, is therapy. I, I, I don't, think that it's a bad because you know what comes with the the machismo and and the the sense of you know i'm a man i don't got to talk about it that whole stigma that comes with therapy uh, i feel like that needs to we need to diminish that because i think it's very very important for people to prevent people from getting to reaching their boiling point you know because a lot of people bottle that shit up and they they just tell you that your job and you know just it, your job often entails this but they usually just are so quick to say, just turn that switch off. And when it's easier said than done, you know, because if I could just turn that switch off, I would have turned the switch off a long time ago, you know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize for a very long time that I needed uh, intensive therapy. 
And I feel like that's something, especially for someone in your environment, it would it would do wonders for your for your job and for your sanity, you know, because then you would know how 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 more to uh, navigate those those muddy waters when you would come across a situation where you you're struggling to turn that switch off, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a hard one, man. Like it's it's like. Uh, how would you feel about therapy? I wouldn't. I'm not opposed to it. It's just. Um, I don't know if I want to pay. <laughs> well, what? It, oh, well, okay. Here's the thing, too. Maybe it's not even a problem for you yet, or to or severe enough for you to even want to seek therapy. But for those who maybe need it, what would you say for them? Oh, go seek, go seek help. You know, hundred uh, percent. They offer, like, let's say we experience something traumatic. Um, they will offer you like uh, counseling, and I think a couple sessions are covered, you know, by the employer. Just to make sure that you're going to be fit to come back to work and you're not going to, you know, it's not going to have these, well, I guess you can't really tell long term, but at least in the short term, you're not going to have these um, weird thoughts going through your head. But as far as just like everyday, you know, existence, uh, there's nothing like that, at least that I'm aware of that's offered. And so, and I don't think I'm that bad. I know there's others that struggle with it, you know, really, 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 really bad. And I always would encourage them, go get seek help, you know, and just go. Because, like, I, I always feel like you mentioned, like, the machismo aspect and not wanting to talk about it, suppress your feelings and whatnot. That's never been something that's, I've always been good at talking about whatever's troubling me. But I'm also just talking to a person that doesn't really understand the, the intricacies of what I'm actually saying, where it could be, like, a psychotherapist that's going to be able to help you and ask more thought-provoking questions to get more out of you and then they can say hey maybe you can do this and that might help you cope with what you're going through you know so i would definitely say seeking help is definitely a uh like encourage it go get it done if it's if it's if it's causing you that much trouble and again bro like the stigma is the reason why a lot of people are so against it they're embarrassed they're afraid and they just don't want to be Honestly, I feel like a lot of people are afraid to face that demon inside of them and, and be like, look, I do need some help. And there is a part of me inside that maybe is scared, you know, because oftentimes men don't want to admit that they're fucking scared in a certain situation, you know. Like oftentimes they, they want to be the one who's the warrior and shit. And that's not always, that's never the case, bro. We're human beings. We have emotions. And uh, some of us are more susceptible, like I said, to certain situations than others. But over time, like, that shit adds up, man. And you d you start developing these uh, insecurities and anxieties uh, unwillingly, ob obviously. But, you know, it's it, a lot of men, I feel like, and maybe some women struggle with, with that uh, aspect of it. Of like, look, man, like, there's something that I'm, I'm fearful of and I'm struggling with. And it has to do with my emotions. That's a big word for guys to throw out there. You know, emotions. A lot of people are are uh, reluctant to fuck with that word, you know. And me, myself, I've struggled with that for a long time. And wearing my heart on my sleeve, man, I've always been very, very uh, hesitant to share my true, true feelings with my friends or my family in general. You know, I didn't, I didn't as of, you know, a few years ago start being transparent, not only with myself, but with my uh, surrounding peers and my relationships and my family and stuff like that. And it was a very, very hard thing for me to get over. And, and I feel like a lot of times it's just your ego fucking with you, you know. Um, but that's something you got to check. Yeah. But I agree. I agree. But it's hard to check your ego, man. It's really hard to well, recognize it. 
Oh, and say, I think it even goes back to like when people are physically sick, they have physical ailments and they know that something's wrong, but they're scared to go to the doctor to hear what they're going to say. <laughs> yeah, you that reminds me of George Lopez. Like, don't go. They're going to find something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people that do that stuff. Like the doctor be like, how have you, how's, how did it get to this point and you didn't know that there was something wrong? Oh, I, I did. I just thought it would go away in a couple of days. And then like two or three years later, something that could have been caught early and treated early now is going to require more treatment because it, you know, and I, and I think with mental health, even more so with the stigma that's associated with mental health, people are more reluctant to want to go do it because like, oh, I can't be that person that has that problem. You Bro, know? I was that guy for the longest time. And, and I've always said this, man, and I laugh at myself now for thinking the way that I used to think. I used to think that I had everything fucking dialed in and that I got my head on my shoulders uh, the, the right way, you know, and I'm fucking on the straight and narrow. And I got this shit under control, bro. Like, don't worry about it. I don't need you to tell me how to live my life. I got this shit locked in. And I remember one of the reasons, not one of the reasons, but one of my fucking just justifications as to why I didn't go into the military was because <laughs> I was so disciplined that I didn't need the military, you know? <laughs> when, just such a fucking nutcase, bro. Just like so fucking brainwashed. I brainwashed myself and because I was struggling with my ego. You know what I mean? Like, and I was afraid to admit that I need help, you know? And I didn't want to be that guy who had to go to therapy. You know, I wanted to handle it on my own. But since you've been to therapy or at least started. Haven't even started yet. No, well, I'm, you I'm, spoke to that doctor. I'm, yeah, I'm about to start uh, this Wednesday. So, so how, did, how did that… So how did it feel talking with that doctor for the first time? Like, was there enough, like, I should have done this sooner? Um, well, this isn't my first encounter with uh, a psychiatrist. I've seen, uh, well, uh, a therapist I've seen over the years on a lot of separate occasions. No, no, no let, me, let me interject real quick. Was that when you were uh, a child? Or not a child, but like… Adolescent. A, like you were still under the care of your parents. Was that something that your parents said that they needed you to do? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you say this doctor that you contacted here recently was the first time you you, saw, you sought out help as Se an adult? Second time. Second time? Mm -hmm. And with the first and the second time, did you feel a sense of relief? Like, okay, like, or this is actually going to help me? The first time it was very awkward because I'm talking to a stranger and uh, I'm very reluctant to be transparent. But at the end of it, uh, yeah, it did feel very liberating. And it, and it felt like… Oh, like, finally, like, I can just get this shit off my chest and this person can't legally divulge this information, you know, because there's a bind there, a confidentiality bind. And uh, just that that aspect of it kind of creates the environment where you know you can just be vulnerable. But, yeah, to to, to put that answer in a short-form, uh, you know, answer is, yes, I wish I had done this shit a long time ago. But let me cut myself off. That's how bad I am. I got to cut myself off. Is, um… I didn't know how to communicate or even recognize the shit that I'm feeling. So I would have been ready to do that a while back. It, it really took some, uh, some reflecting and uh, some real, real deep thinking and looking into who I really am to really understand uh, what the fuck I'm going through and how to convey it to somebody else. I really had to study myself. So had it been a few years ago, I, would, I probably would, you know, I wouldn't have known what to say, you know, or even how to feel about it. We talked about this in our first podcast together, but uh, we mentioned briefly timing, you know, and I think that's, again, often something that's overlooked by a lot of people, you know. Um, I was speaking with somebody, and they were talking about a relationship that they were in, and uh, the relationship was all signs were pointing to it's not healthy, and yet they stayed, 
And everyone around him that cared for them was like, got to get out. I know this, but it's not, not now. And only once they, that, that time, that specific point in time happened, were they able to pull themselves out of that situation. And so I think that you're right with what you said, like had it been done a little bit sooner, you couldn't, you know, really convey your thoughts as pro, you know, as efficiently as you could. Um, and, and I can even say that you probably weren't, weren't ready. And the fact that you contacted this you know, doctor when you did, that was you saying the time is now I'm going to, we're going to get this done. And, you know, it's going to, hopefully it helps you. And, and I guess helps you understand yourself even better, you know, and, and understanding your situation, you know, and then you'll, and then hopefully they'll give you some advice on how to actually mitigate, you know, these effects and stuff like that as they present themselves, you know, I mean, cause it's like, just because they identify, you know, the, the, the issues that you have is not going to fix it, but they'll, you'll know when the key, key markers to identify when you're going to go into a particular state. And if there's something you can do to, I don't know, like prevent it, not maybe not prevent it. Cause I don't know if there's things you can do to prevent it. I, I mean, again, I'm speaking completely ignorant on the subject, but well, maybe to the fact that like, I can slow the pace down so I won't go that far. You know what I'm saying? Well, some people there are triggers in bipolar. There is there is there are certain triggers for depression and mania, right? So like caffeine would be a trigger for mania. And uh a negative environment or negative relationship, just for an example, would be a trigger for depression. So there are things that you can do and lifestyle changes that you can make to help prevent not prevent, but like dampen the effects. And uh, the severity of the either the hypomania or depression, you know what I mean. So that's why, over the years, I started realizing like, look, I I have to lead a very specific lifestyle in order for me to feel clear and uh, healthy minded, like clear minded. You know, I gotta I gotta eliminate the drinking. I gotta eliminate the fast foods. I gotta el- uh, eliminate the the bad habits, the smoking, the sleeping in, the fucking masturbation, like. Like everything, bro. Like anything that's going to affect my mind negatively, I have to fucking weed it out. And some people could just live a life like that and be cool. And I'm just like, whatever, you know, whatever way you want to lead your life, as long as you're happy is fine. It's just in my particular case, I have to do X, Y, and Z to to lead a healthy lifestyle and feel normal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, those are my preventatives and my practices that I use to navigate through the day because I, I could tell you firsthand like if I'm not doing these things and I'm not fucking on my diet if I'm not working out if I'm not uh you know pushing myself to the limit with like all right what's my potential here and keeping myself busy if I'm just letting myself wither away and be depressed in bed all day and going straight to uh you know the fridge to binge eat and comfort eat uh mentally that weight like far outweighs the physical weight that I'm putting on from like the comfort eating and stuff like that. And the mental uh, clarity is just not there. Like everything is just way different for me, man. So it's hard. I can, I can only imagine just because there are days when I'm tired and there's days when I'm mentally tired. And I can tell you, I would rather be physically tired a hundred times out of a hundred times of being mentally tired one day. Mm. I feel like being mentally drained is, it's, it's, that makes for a bad day. And so for you to, which I think is actually kind of cool that you've identified all these little triggers to keep you from being cloudy, to keep you from being mentally drained and just, you know, as you put it, binge eating or just sleeping in excessively. Uh, 
you've identified these things and you're saying, okay, this is what I have to avoid if I want to have a clear as possible day and not become, you know, mentally strained, you know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And this was the stuff that you figured out on your own or did this, was this stuff that, you know, you going through? A little, a little bit of both, man. A lot of homework and a lot of just, like I said, self-reflection, analyzation on myself. Uh, because before I would just operate with without a care in the world. I was just kind of wandering, wandering aimlessly, so to speak, mentally and physically in the world. You know, I didn't really know. Everything was just kind of a big blur to me, you know. And I, I didn't realize that I needed to make some changes. And so, like I said, up until recently. But I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely hard. But I prefer it that way because I enjoy the structure. You know what I mean? That's why my goal this year in 2021 is to grind as hard as I can with my content and this and and try and go back to living a normal lifestyle, you know. I mean, I want to do this full-time eventually one of these days. And God willing, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But my goal is just to be a regular civilian, man. I just want to hold down a job and, you know, uh, just be a, a regular person, you know. I want to, I want that inner peace, you know. And with that comes structure. And I haven't been that for such a long, long time, man, to where it's, it's calloused my mind, honestly. My cousin mentioned it to me because… And he was like, bro, you're like uh, one of our… Somebody that we know. He was like, man, you're like so-and-so. Like doing hard time and shit. Because <laughs> I remember him saying that he used to do… Uh, this individual used to do time in the shoe. You know, which you know the shoe program is. Like solitary confinement. And for a long time, bro… I'm not, I'm not saying this is anything like that. I'm just saying me being unemployed. No cash flow. No, no transportation. You know, uh, be co- completely down on my luck. It felt like that at a certain point because I couldn't go anywhere, bro. So I, I had to be stuck inside the house. And on top of my depression and everything else, I, I really was limited to the, the, the confines of my, my apartment. So in some ways, you were in prison. And it, a mental prison. I remember, dude, I remember breaking down. Like, this only happened one time. Uh, but I, I remember just sitting there, bro. And it was just like, like, fuck, bro. And it drove me nuts. But after that, like, I, it calloused my mind. And I've never, I've, I've learned the things to keep me busy and activities to where I, I'm like, when so by that time when quarantine happened, bro, I was like, bro, I got this shit. Like, this is not, I've been doing this for a long time and I fucking smooth sailing, man. Like, I know how to keep myself busy, you know? And that's how I got in shape the first time. I did it all from home, dude. Which is interesting for me to hear because if I had to go through and pick one of my friends that is probably the most, like, I'm trying to find the words for this. One of the persons that's most, like, structured and can get things done, you know, has mind over matter, you know, down-packed, it would have been you. And so that just goes to show, at least in my opinion, that you don't get to see that the the the, the demons that people that are close to you deal with is because they're not going to let it show if they don't want it to. And for me to hear what you just said, it's just like, damn, didn't even know you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought I knew who you were. And I didn't realize that all this was going on internally, you know, because what you were projecting was what I thought, what was going on with you. Like, you know, you, like I said, with your whole, your first uh, exercise expedition, like you had a severe transformation in a few, in a few months, you know, like you were putting in work. Days. Yeah. And so, like, to hear someone like you that did something like that and then just knowing how you, you tend to operate, I was like, wow, I didn't realize you had all these internal conflicts going on. So for those of you that are listening, you know, you may want to pay attention to people that seem like they're doing all right, you know, and maybe ask some questions or or something. Just pay pay attention. Maybe you might pick up on something that I missed, you know, because I guess this is like news to me. 
Well, this is… I actually had this in one of my previous weekly challenges on the podcast was um, reach out. Uh, don't be afraid to make that phone call or send that text and check in on somebody that you might have an inkling is struggling with somebody because you never know that that phone call or that text message might be the one that saves somebody's life. You never know, bro, because a lot of people go through shit like you. Like, I'm a, a huge example of that. I'd be the last one that you would think on certain most most occasions would be dealing with shit like this, and it was because I was totally insecure about it, and I don't want to project that. And oftentimes, I want to lose myself and my friends and forget that I'm going through this shit. So a lot of the times when I am feeling good, when I when I step out of the house and I do hang out with my friends for me or my family, um, it's it's really a godsend, bro. Because it, it's it's like it means so much to me because it, it takes me out of my environment first of all, and I and sometimes I forget that is my drug. You know what I mean? Just being around my friends and shit and my family. Because that's what numbs the fucking pain and makes me… And it reminds me of like, look, I do have a reason to fucking keep living here. You know what I mean? I, I don't have to be doom and gloom all the time. And often, to go back to what you said, that's what drives me. Because I'm, I've come from the complete opposite end of that. That's what motivates me and puts the fire under my ass to be that structured and get shit done. Because I am by nature a competitive person and I don't want to lose this battle to depression. You know what I mean? So that's what keeps me going personally. And it's different for everybody. And just, this is interesting, man. You know, like I said, uh, I guess it was because whether you found a way just to, to internalize it and keep it compartmentalized, you know, because we talked about it on the first podcast about, you know, your high school nickname that we gave you, mm-hmm. you know. You, since, well, I don't know when exactly there was that, that, I don't want to call it like a snap change, but that change happened where you're no longer depressing Mark. You were just funny, you know, outgoing Mark. Mark, you know. I guess that I just assumed that you, whatever you were struggling with, was taken care of. And I didn't, didn't realize that there was much more deep rooted uh, uh, issues. Yeah, issues. Um, you know, I just, learned, I just learned how to cope, dude, and how to put on my face better. I learned how to do my emotional makeup, so to speak, a lot better than I had before. Before, I hadn't even gone to makeup college. Now I fucking graduated from fucking Milan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I know how to do it right. You know, I know how to hide my emotions, you know, and not wear my heart on my sleeve. And I think that is a huge reason why I'm, I have so, so much trouble displaying my true feelings to people because I'm so used… That switch for me is hard. It's easier said than done. Like I said, I can't just turn off that switch anymore. It's just kind of like stuck. I need to have an electrician come in and fucking <laughs> fix my switch, man. Right. So you've mentioned this before, but just uh, to bring it back again. So would you say that having this platform, this podcast has definitely made you… Uh, not only be able to speak about it, even though it is a, a tender subject for you, but helping you identify, you know, things within yourself. Oh, 100%, bro. This is therapy for me. And it's not even a tender subject anymore. It's just something that I accepted. Almost. I'm, I'm almost there. You know, uh, I'm on the road to a full acceptance. Um, but this is 100% therapy for me. And it helps because I have to edit this shit, people. I have to fucking look back and you know yeah it does help me catch some things sometimes like I, I mentioned when I was when I started vlogging I didn't I started vlogging in a, a really depressed state and I noticed that when I was vlogging well one of the symptoms of chronic depression is slurred speech and slowed speech and I noticed as I, as I was editing I'm fucking slurring my speech man and I'm talking like this and that. I'm like I was tripping out so yeah it does help me see that shit from a third person point of view but this is 100% therapy for me. And that's why when Victor Jr. left, I was, I was heartbroken, man, because I didn't want this to stop. I really 
found a lot of joy out of this. And I didn't expect to enjoy this as much as I am enjoying this now. That's why it's very, very important for me. Even if I had to do them alone or start vlogging, I wanted to keep doing this, you know. Um, and I'm glad that I've, I found this platform, you know. Thank God for podcasting and stuff. I started listening to podcasts in 2010. And so I've done my podcast homework for, you know, a decade now. So it, it's, it's a perfect fit, really. Um, I couldn't think of anything else that I'd want to be doing. And that's why I said I want to do this full time if I can. Oh, awesome, man. I'm glad it's it's brought some sort of uh, solace, you know, to your life. Yeah. I'm interested to see if it's going to do the same for you. Like, I want to know if this, uh, how this type of platform, and after getting a, a few episodes under your belt, you know, maybe like 20 episodes, how you're going to feel about it. Like, how is it going to impact your life and stuff? I'm really interested to see that. You know, again, we're st- it's still very novel. You know, we're st- this is our, what, third recording? You know, yep. so it's it's still probably too early to tell for me. Uh, however, I will say, you know, having done the the two previous and this one here now, it's it's I like it because, like I mentioned at the end of the second one, I have a lot going up on up here. And you told me I hope you still got some steam left. And I was like, dude, the train hasn't even left the station. You know, so for me, it was to get my thoughts out. You know, and uh, again, I guess maybe this might be me stepping outside of my humility bubble. But uh, I've been told by a lot of people that just talking to me helps them through their problems. And so maybe I can reach a few people out there that, you know, that chime in on this. Uh, maybe help them through, you know, and of course doing this with you, help them find out that, they, hey, I may have something else going on that I wasn't aware of. Or, hey, you know what, I'm relating a lot to what they talk about. You know, like I, I should probably go seek some help. Or, like, hey, you know, everything he just said, it, that's me. You know, maybe I'm on the same boat as him. And it's okay because he wouldn't sought help. And even from these two, this first minimal meeting that he had was, it was profound. It's it's already bearing fruit. It might be the same for me. And just to let people know that they're they're not alone, you know. And I guarantee, bro, as long as we can get this into the right hands and to the masses and people subscribe and hit that, that like button and help us out with the algorithm here, subscribe. Um, a please lot do. of people. Yeah, go ahead. I was like, please do. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, please. We appreciate it, and I appreciate every viewer that we have in the comment section. Um, I just can't wait to see where this channel goes, man. I I, I want to grow, and we will grow. We just got to put the work in, and I'm no stranger to that. But, um, I guarantee though, if we can just get it into the right hands, and like I said, to the masses, people will resonate with what you're saying. Because I could tell you that, um, the way you you put things is 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 pretty clear and concise and easy for me to digest mentally. Um, food for thought. And that's something I'm working on, like I said, because I have a tendency to ramble and kind of mix up my stories. And I, I, I'll be honest, I have a hard time comprehending things a lot of the time. And that's something I struggle with. And it's some, it's probably part of the reason I cut people off so much, you know, because <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm so eager to just get my thought out before I lose it, you know. Um, so but yeah, dude, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's so many people, bro. This is why this is such an important platform. And it's not always going to be about mental health or mental illness, but it's why it's so important is because there are millions of people who struggle with this type of shit, who need a place to go at the end of their day uh, to kind of like have some confirmation, you know, and be like, I'm not the only one struggling with this. So, um, like I said, bro, I mean, fucking, I'm glad you enjoy it so far. Yeah, it's been, like I told you, I don't know what I was expecting going into this uh Whatever it was that I had in my mind that I was expecting, it it definitely wasn't that. And I've I've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to doing more. And 
I'm looking forward to having more great conversations. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Bro, and even talking to you about, like, kind of that little brief period where we got a little bit deeper and stuff, um, I t- I'll tell you just because just I know that, like I said, a lot of my friends don't know this, but, like, yeah, I mean, I've gone through shit, but, like, even just talking to you about it out loud kind of not provokes anxiety, but there's there's still a little part of me that's just, like, I'm kind of nervous and reluctant to, like, be saying this shit. You know what I mean? And so that's… Because I've never really talked about this shit with my friends before, you know? So it, it, it's not awkward at all. But there is, like, a, s- neural pathways that are fucking carved into my brain that just are so quick to go to the anxiety part and the the the, the repressive part. You know, I like to repress shit. And it, it, it's a little weird. But I'm pretty sure over time, um, I, that, that'll just be, like, second nature to me. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where I, I want to get… I want to get to that point where I don't even got to think about it anymore. Like… Whatever I'm feeling, I can just say, you know. I mean, in the right context, you know. I'm not going to be like, if I'm horny and shit. Hey, I'm horny. Like, <laughs> you know. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm horny, I'll tell you. But Yeah. Well, that just goes to show that you, you that are, that are watching that, even as someone that's doing something like this and having these discussions and has been doing his podcast, you said you started what? End of 2019? Um. We started the audio version, I think, yeah, at the end of 2019. And then we took a, a, a year off because Victor Jr. had to leave again. Unforeseen circumstances. And then he came back and we did it for uh, up until episode, I think, 19. And then, so this is 29. So, yeah. Um, but those two years uh, of com- com- combined. So, so, for him to say that and then him right now on this current episode, to still say, like, there's still that little bit of anxiety that you're dealing with even talking about it now that you've been doing this for you know it's just with you though well i mean but the, but what i'm saying is that there's still it's normal you know what i'm saying that there's so if you're trying to talk to people at home you know it's okay that to experience the feelings that they may be experiencing because even you've been doing this and you said that this platform has oh, been yeah. extremely helpful for you and you still have that sense of anxiety whether it's with me or somebody else that it's it's still a normal thing to be experiencing and that you're not weird you're not alone you know that's what i'm saying bro that's how difficult this shit is so i can't even imagine the people who who don't have a supportive environment and who are going through shit like this it's it was hard for me it was hard enough for me to start talking about this shit and understanding how to deal with it and how to kind of erase that anxiety when i'm starting to be real with myself and with my feelings and conveying that to others um it took time dude just to get to that point a lot of work and a lot of reflection so i can't even imagine for the ones who are completely, one, reluctant to uh, be real with themselves and be transparent. But for the ones who don't have a fucking support group, you know, how tough is it for these people? Like, I can't even imagine how hard it is to make that phone call or reach out to anybody. Because some people, bro, and unfortunately, they don't have anybody in their lives who they can go to. And that fucking, it's sad, bro. And that's another reason I, I fucking like having a platform like this for people that, you know, eventually if I we get big enough, like, I want people to reach out, you know, leave your shit in the comment section. Let us know what you're feeling, you know. And uh, maybe we'll have you call in one of these days. I don't know. But um, it just, like, it's very important to, like, yeah, you, to work on that. And uh, like you said, though, you, you being in a relationship, you've kind of always worn your heart on your sleeve. So um, has communication always been, like, easy for you in a relationship? I know for me it hasn't been. Uh Yes, and um, you know, with my girlfriend, it's it's equally uh, the communication flows evenly back and forth between the both of us, so that is extremely helpful. Um, it's it's yeah, communication never been a big one for me, but for those of you that are watching, if you're not one that suffers from 
you know, depression or any other mental condition. Or just life struggles. Well, what I'm trying to say is if you have somebody in your life, listen. You know, listen to them. Try to help them. And don't, like, give up because... You said through dealing with helping people that are close to me with depression, one thing that I've researched was like you have to be able to understand that. Yes, the things that they they may say sometimes may be hurtful, and they may cut a little bit, you know, but that that's not the the real person that's talking to you. You know that that's not the person that you know. It's that's the 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 mental health issue, you know, speaking on their behalf, you know, and taking over their voice, and so not to okay, you know, you told me that one thing, we're done. And and shut them out completely because that's not what they need. They need you to to be there and find ways to be supportive. So, you know, I don't... So those of you that are watching, I'm saying just try to be cognitive of, or cognizant of those people that are around you that may be having these things. And if you've had thoughts where like, okay, I'm just done with you now, you know, that's that may not be helpful. That's so true, dude, because when I'm in those depressed states, 100%, two totally different people, man. You wouldn't recognize me. Um, it's like it's in certain and sometimes when it's uh, more severe, it's it's a scary thing, bro. And I've I've almost lost my relationship to it. And uh, that's a big reason that made me want to change and start seeking help. But I've lost previous relationships because of it and friends and shit. And, you know, I've been in pretty deep waters because of it, because it's not me, you know, and it's something that I didn't learn how to control, you know, and not control, but like manage. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a huge thing, bro. Like it's you, that's why. Uh, my hat's off to my fiance because she, if anyone knows and understands that concept, like, I know this is not him. Because when things are good, it's great. Uh, but when things are bad, it's like, she kind of knows just kind of to leave me alone a little bit. Um, and it's unfortunate, but um, it's getting better. So, I don't know, man. I feel like we were talking about me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the, the fucking center of attention here. Uh, well, no, it's just, you know… Fortunately, I don't, at least I'm not aware of any issue that I suffer from. So talking about this stuff also gives me an understanding, you know, of what you're going through. And then those that are close to me that also have these uh, similar issues, um, how to understand them better and how to be a better person to them, someone that they might need, you know. Um, I just want to say this. I know somebody who's uh, probably going to watch this, uh, who's going through a really rough time right now, uh, who I talked to earlier. uh, But I know you're fucking struggling right now. So uh, just just keep trucking and hang in there. And I promise you, with some effort and uh, mental fortitude, I promise you'll get through this. You just, you got to see it through. I know it seems like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel right now, but uh, I promise you it exists if you just keep pushing. So don't give up on me. Um, like I said, I'm here if you need me. Just give me a call. Um, we're already an hour and four into it. So you want to wrap it up? Is there anything else you want to add, man? No, we're, we're good, bro. <laughs> I feel like this shit flew by because I was just, uh, I don't know. I felt it, good about well, it. Well, the last, the, this one and the previous two flew by too. So I think we're… It did. If this is the standard, I think we're doing pretty good. Do you want to do, I want to do another one. I don't know if you do. 100%. Okay, so we're going to end this one right here. Um, I hope you, like I said, I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, I'm thrilled to have John here as my podcast partner and co-host and uh, partner in crime. That's so cheesy, but I'm gonna, I said it. Uh, <laughs> the PIC dog. Yeah, the PIC. Uh, uh, but yeah, I couldn't be happier, man. This is such a a great opportunity, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying the shit out of this experience, and I hope you are too, man. But um, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Like I said, it's it's been a lot of fun. I, I have nothing negative to say about it. 
Um, me either. I, I'm having a blast with it. But uh, if you guys enjoy this content, man, please like and subscribe and uh, share and turn on that notifications bell because every view and you know subscriber that we gain and every thumbs up that we get is just a step towards you know uh, getting this out to more people. So exactly, uh, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. We want to get this to as many people as we can, and, and and some days it will be a deeper like this, but sometimes we're gonna fucking fuck around, you know. We're gonna talk some nonsense, and that's what I do best. <laughs> so yeah, and, and and he can hang with me on that. Like uh, we kind of just feed off each other in that way. But uh, yeah, man, I think that's about it. We're gonna wrap it up, and maybe on this next one we'll do a weekly challenge. Sounds good. So uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, another episode of the PO3 podcast. My name is Marcus Marks, and I'm just plain old John. We'll catch you guys on the next one.